Disclaimers, consuming this podcast may remind you of things you already know but have forgotten, catalyze jaw-dropping epiphanies, draw you down the rabbit hole, and shit may get weird. Welcome to Portal, the human design podcast with your hosts, Alyssa Trube and Cheyenne Sukowski. folks. Today we are interviewing Rivka Pfeiffer and before we get started I want to just lay some foundational concepts here. Number one, Rivka's amazing. That's the first foundational (laughs) concept. (laughs) Bad jokes. Number two, Cheyenne is an emotional manifester. What that means is that Cheyenne's strategy, Cheyenne can we hear from you? Are you there? Is to inform And her inner authority is to flow through her emotional wave and wait for clarity. So she has, her inner authority is emotional. Now Rivka is a reflector type and reflector types are about 1% of the population. So we have a rare species sitting at the table (laughs) with us, flaring her nostrils. And her strategy is to wait a lunar cycle. So this is a very different strategy than a generator who has access to an in-the-body pre-verbal Yes, no response. Uh-huh, uh-uh. Yuck, yum. And same for manifesting generators, of course. Same with emotional manifesting or emotional generators. They still have that in the body pre-verbal yes, no. It's an immediate response. Relatively speaking, an emotional wave could even be a relatively immediate response compared to the glorified wait 28 days that reflectors <laughs> get as their strategy is how they move through the world. It's a completely different timeline. It's a completely different way of being. And so today we are going to hear from Rivka, the reflector, who for those of you who are privy to human design, you know that reflectors have no definition. So if you're looking at the body graph, all nine of those shapely centers are open. They're undefined. They're white. There are no channels connecting opposite gates from center to center and therefore no flow of consistent energy. So the experience of a reflector is quite unique in the sense that they are always having a different experience. They're always having a variable, variability, 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 variability. Who am I around? What are the transits? What's my environment like? So that is what we're going to dive into today as we talk to Rivka, the reflector. Hi, Rivka. Hi. I'm happy to be here today. This is really exciting. Shan, how are you feeling about this? Oh, very excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're here because um, finally someone else can talk besides just me and Alyssa. Oh, sweet. You know? I, can, I can definitely talk. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is going to be the dance. And for those of you who don't know, I am a projector, a G-centered or self-projected projector. So we've got three non-sacral beings sitting here. So for those of you who are also non-sacral beings, this is going to be your jam. And for those of you who are generators, you're going to be like, what the beep? (laughs) 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 Self-censor. Can we add that that into the podcast? What the fuck? Um, So without further ado, let's dive in. So Rivka, we know that you are a reflector type, but Mm -hmm. what is your profile? My profile is a 6'2", which I believe means I am a role model hermit. 
so there are times in my life and throughout my process where I will be in a role model role and then times where I have to actually like pull back because of that variability I have to pull back and just recenter into me versus feeling everything that's around me or my environment and then like coming back out again mm. yeah so okay the reason that I asked her for that right off the bat is for those of you listening you might be like okay well I'm not a reflector type so I don't really relate to this but what I want you to conceptualize right off the bat is that reflector types still have a lot of things that are relatable in the sense that they're actually amplifying the energy of the people they're sitting around all the time so reflectors if you have one in your life or you know a reflector you're gonna get to see yourself back so if you don't like reflectors <laughs> jokes on you and if you do like reflectors great um that being said Rivka does have a 6-2 profile, and so if you're sitting listening and you have a 6 line in your personality profile, your personality sun earth, then you can really relate to some of the bigger picture kind of energetic concepts we're going to talk through here as well. So Riv, when did human design enter your life? It entered my life, uh, I believe in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was like very briefly introduced in 2018 on a little like mini retreat that I actually had Alyssa do a um, like guest workshop on and I, at the time I was like I'm a manifester for sure <laughs> I forgot about that and I didn't even like know I just was like at the time working on so much uh, bringing so much more into my life and like kind of opening a lot of doors for myself and I was like, yeah, I'm a manifester. Like, I didn't even do it. I just was like, that's what I am. <laughs> I felt resonance yeah. with that time. <laughs> and then uh, about a year later, I think that you actually pulled it for me. We were just talking with a mutual friend. Um, and I didn't really do anything with that information at the time. I was like, cool, not a manifester. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay what is a reflector? What does that mean? Um, how can I relate to this? And then like kind of just kind of slowly started to understand it over time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you, when you thought that you were a manifester, what were the qualities in, happening in your life that you related to? Like, Oh, that those are manifester feeling qualities just in your own sensing experience. Mm -hmm. Well, it was like a year and a half before that I had gotten divorced and I was living on my own and doing a lot of like reworking, just like rewiring how I move, how I breathe in the world and like what I want to do, how I want to be because I had gotten myself into a, posi a position where I was like not really recognizing myself anymore mm. and it was a very uh, like hard thing to face but once I did that, like, again, like all of the doors opened and I was like, oh man, like I have all of these different options and there's so many possibilities mm. like everywhere. And yeah, I just kind of like went into that with just a little bit more trust in myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because of that, you were able to make things happen. Yeah. That's why I thought I was a manifester. Cause I was like, oh man, look <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I could do anything. Right. So I'm, what the reason I asked that is I'm really curious, like as a manifester, does mm. that sound similar to the feeling of your experience? Well, it's interesting when I, when I hear you say that, I, I kind of wonder a little bit of like, to me, that sounds like the process of like deconditioning mm -hmm. and like, as maybe being a reflector, 
having like infinite possibility, <laughs> like just this very like open, not like blank, but like yeah. pretty like open slate that, where it's like mm-hmm. kind of like who, who do I want to be or who am I? And then it's like when you're living in that kind of alignment with your, what you say, like your authentic self or your true mm-hmm. self or like in that energy frequency, it's like then things are flowing for you and mm-hmm. you're like, things are happening. So like, I mean, you could equate it to, it, it is actually, I would say like manifesting, mm-hmm. but different than being a manifester. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah, I think totally. each type like has a different way of manifesting and yeah. like moving through life with ease and like creating things. And it's not like only manifestors can create things or do things like that. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Like following the strategy and authority more. Mm-hmm opens the doors yeah Mm -hmm. does that feeling though like for you as a manifester Cheyenne does that feeling of like oh I I'm feeling trust in myself because I'm making things happen Mm. and then I'm like it almost is like a compounding effect like Mm. oh I just made this happen I'm trusting myself Mm. now I know I can make other things happen does that resonate as a manifester just because what we the reason I'm asking is like we have so much conditioned perception around what a manifester mm-hmm. is so I'm curious like based on how Riv felt it does that contrast to your experience I yeah I would almost say it's it's almost opposite in a weird mm. way like it's opposite and then it becomes that so to explain that <laughs> clearer it's like um having like the creative urge or like the urge to like bring something to life and like not knowing if it like is going to be successful or is going to whatever it is and then it's like it almost feels like, I mean, you could definitely, you could say no, and you'd be like, no, I'm not going to do this. Or you could, like, follow the urge and trust. Yeah. Um, but not until you have, like, created and put it out in the world do you know if it's, like, like, I wouldn't say there's, like, an overwhelming, like, oh, everyone's just going to, like, love this. It's yes. like, yeah, I don't really know. But I have this, like, urge that this is just going to happen, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just, no, like, no. a subtle difference. But... You do know. And I ask the question with an ulterior motive because yeah. something I say in every single manifester recording yeah. that I record for human design is everybody want, thinks they want to be a manifester. Mm. Mm-hmm. Everybody <laughs> thinks they want to be a goddamn manifester. And then the people who are manifestors are like, this is actually very difficult. Yeah. And it's, I actually think being a manifestor is the hardest type. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like to think that too, but I don't, maybe it's just like self, you know. Pity. <laughs> what are you, Pisces? Well, yeah. well, or you're like, well, that's <laughs> fighting <laughs> I think that's pretty badass. I like it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, manifestors to me are incredibly powerful and able to manifest because Mm -hmm. they go through this whole like quite rigorous process Mm -hmm. but again because of like education around the law of attraction and what we perceive as manifesting it's such a skewed oh manifester you know so and just like a like oh you just like I don't know kind of this like idyllic like oh and things just happen and then it's like you've manifested your life it's like there's a lot of like almost like shadow work you gotta do I feel like maybe yeah. Which maybe is part of the process for everybody, but... Absolutely. Yeah. Deconditioning. Yeah. To mm-hmm. not perceive the shadow mm-hmm. as bad, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so speaking of not perceiving shadows as bad, <laughs> where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? What was your young adult adult life like? Like, pre... Obviously, you said you learned human design or of it in 2018, 19. Mm-hmm. So there was a handful of years before that mm-hmm. where you didn't know human design. What was it like growing up? I, it was awesome. I learned a lot. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania and I grew up with three older brothers and my parents raised us in the Mormon church. And just like, let me say 
all parents always try to do their best mm-hmm. all the time. And like, thank you for keeping me healthy and safe and encouraging me to get out there in the world. And the Mormon road was not my road. Yes. <laughs> um, well said. Very quickly growing up, and I'll actually share all my family's design because um, it's very interesting to me at least, and it just makes sense. But um, before I share that, I it felt like so much energy, like mm. all the time. There mm-hmm. was just a ton of energy around me, and it almost felt like a little chaotic um, yep. just because there's me and my three older brothers kind of testing the waters, seeing what they like, what they don't like. And meanwhile, like not knowing it at the time, I'm feeling them all the time. And like um, at a young age, I don't know if it's because I'm just a very stubborn person. (laughs) She says with some kind of look on her face. (laughs) Are you an Um, earth sign? I'm a Virgo. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's stubbornness or like this deep yearn to figure out what works for me versus just taking people's word for it. Mm. Like I, I really like abhor that as soon as someone tells me like, this is it, or this is the right way. I'm like, how do you know? Like, (laughs) like I need to know for myself. And so. Um, so all of my family are generators, mm. every single one of them. I think my, my parents are pure generators. One of my brothers is a pure generator. And then my two other brothers are both manifesting generators. So mm. all energy type beings. I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, for example, like growing up in the Mormon culture, Mormon church, we were told, especially women were told uh like at a young age that sex is bad pleasure is bad or it's wrong and it's only good and like has a purpose if it's in a marriage to make babies like Mm. it's very like purposeful yep which was very interesting to me because i started masturbating when i was like five Mm mm-hmm and I was like, just this naturally. is good. Yeah. Yes. I just, you know, I, I just found out. <laughs> I was like exploring myself and it just happened. You found the secret of life. Exactly. Yeah. And I honestly like just having that like small example of like my experience of this feels good. Yes. It's for my body. I felt all of the positives mm. and the like chemical bath that I got to experience from that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is good. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care what anyone else says. Yeah. I'm experiences experiencing this firsthand for myself. This is good. Like this can't be bad. Yep. It just isn't. Mm. And so I think it's like yes, I'm stubborn and I really like to sense things and feel things out for myself. Try and in a sense like try things on and see like, hey, does this work? How does this feel? Um and I did that a lot growing up. When I was probably about 16, I moved out And I was like, just kind of overwhelmed with the amount of pushback that me being myself showed me. Like it was at a young age, I was just like, oh, I, I make people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I just do. Yeah. And so I just thought like at a young age, like, oh, it's not okay to be me. So let me remove myself from Mm the environment but I think now that I actually was like looking out for myself and was like this environment is not healthy right I need to 
go create an environment for myself or like just taste and try on a different environment that might actually um, enhance my experience, encourage me to be more free um, and just like might feel a little bit more easeful versus like so like energetic and overwhelming. Yes. Okay. I want to pause you for a second. For those of you listening, Rivka just subtly alluded to something that is really important to understand about the reflector type. And that is that because they are completely open, right? So an open center, how an open center functions, the mechanics of an open center is that it amplifies energy. So a really great metaphor for an open center is think of a screen in a window. When the wind blows through a screen in the window, if the, if the screen, we're going to personify the screen for a second, but if the screen said to you, oh my God, I am the wind, you would look at the screen and you'd be like, I think you're a little bit confused. You are the screen. You just felt the wind blowing through you, but don't identify with it. So think about a a human whose mechanics are to have all of their centers, all nine of those centers as screens. They're amplifying and feeling the energy in their environment around them, almost as as if it is themselves, excuse me. So Riv just alluded to this concept of environment. Mm-hmm. And so if you're someone who has a lot of openness, but specifically if you are a reflector or neuroreflector, pay attention to how they reflect their environment. Because as Riv just alluded to, environments really impact reflectors. And there's either a resonance in their environment that they're like, yes, this feels like my community, my people, my space, nature, calm, like, you know, or like mm-hmm. excitement. Or there's dissonance, and it's like what you just described, where you're like, oh, hell no. For me, it was like, there's a lot of rigidity, there's a lot of shame, guilt, and, like, rules and conditioning around, like, sexuality, pleasure, um, like, how, like, your purpose in life. And I was like, this is really confining. Mm. And I felt that at a very young age, and I think that it was just like me being like okay like this isn't this isn't for me like I've I've tried it out for however many years and like I'm good yeah (laughs) yeah peace out (laughs) totally did you okay so jumping ahead do you know any reflectors Cheyenne I don't okay cool so well now I do (laughs) (laughs) yes the ones in front of me um this is a question that I actually it was like a question for later, but I'm going to just mm-hmm. ask it to you now because I think it, it's relevant and it's <clears throat> people often conceptualize like, okay, so you have all these open centers, so you must be easily influenced and you must be like just absorbing everybody's mm-hmm. energy around you all the time. But despite the openness of a reflector, they have what we refer to as a Teflon aura. So when you're mm-hmm. talking about like, Oh, when someone tells me like, this <laughs> is the way how, and then you're like, no, that does not resonate with my experience. What I think of is that Teflon aura where mm-hmm. you're like, it like hits, like think of a Teflon pan, right? You can cook an egg on a Teflon pan or at least a nice one and slide it right off without it getting stuck despite the heat pulling it to the pan. So it's like, to me, you, you just spoke to this concept around like, hey, certain things just slide right off me. Mm-hmm. How do you experience like other people's energy or environments or beliefs, even though you have all this openness? Like, is it resonance? Is it, I identify with this? Like, what is your relationship with beliefs in life? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I, yeah, I think it's like part of that stubbornness. I think also I 
like was meant to grow up in the Mormon church and in that culture to have that like in my face Mm. all the time and have that like, like, I think it almost like worked in my benefit to grow up in such a restrictive uh, environment for me to be able to be like, oh, okay, like here's how I actually want to live. And even though I'm feeling this like chaos, I'm feeling this discomfort, this like shame, guilt that, you know, other people in that community were feeling like whenever I went out on my own and went into nature and connected with myself, I didn't feel any of that stuff. Like it was Mm. just gone. And so I think at the time when I was younger, I was like either like this environment isn't super great and that's what I'm feeling. And as soon as I'm out of it, like I feel fantastic. Like I feel centered sure of myself like I know I am and I think that it's just like in the moment when I have felt like discomfort Mm -hmm. around like either a certain friend group or certain people I've definitely um just like had a little process of like oh like I just like ask questions because Mm -hmm. I'm like hey I'm like checking in with either like the friends that I'm with or the like my ex-husband or my partner now like hey, are you feeling this? Right. Because I am, and, like, I don't know where it's coming from within me, so it it must be, like, either, like, how you're feeling or or something, like, hey, what's going on? And um, I I don't know how or why, but I just have naturally, like, not identified with other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like I said, like, growing up in that environment, um, it kind of, like molded me very well into like self-awareness and knowing when it's my shit versus someone else's shit and not that it's shit but like yeah you know good shit bad shit all the shit (laughs) yeah yeah and that's something when you just said I so what I'm hearing is like you kind of have a set sense of what's yours Mm -hmm. is that true yeah oh and you did say you did say like are you easily influenced Mm -hmm. that I guess I didn't answer that question at all but I would say no yeah um mostly because of that stubbornness and me wanting to like feel it yeah for myself in order to know if it's like a yes or a no I guess like generators and manifestors have that like gut yes or no um but I don't so like feeling it from other people or from different environments or communities helps me be able to make that decision for myself Mm -hmm. and yeah I always am just like anyone who's trying to tell me like this is one way or this is like the right way or this way or that way it's just like why are you even trying to tell me that like why are you trying to influence me like what's the motive behind that like I always kind of have this like questioning nature of Mm -hmm. like why (laughs) and so I think that's like part of my Teflon aura is like maybe me asking questions and not identifying with things and just being like yeah okay if you want to believe that or if that's like the thing that works for you it doesn't have to be the thing that works for everyone right like but you have a set sense of that like that's not something you've learned that was and I know you keep calling it stubborn but that's like was yeah is that like like, a set sense I think that's a that's a sense yeah I just I name it stubbornness because it's like (laughs) the easiest to understand but it's almost like a a 
I have like self inquiry around it. Yeah. And I like to ask the question why and I like to feel it out. Yeah. Which we'll get to in a second, but you do have your son and earth, your personality son and earth in question asking gates, the gate 64, Mm -hmm. the gate of confusion and the gate 63, the gate of doubt. Um, but I want to ask you, Cheyenne, do you feel the same way? Cause I, I definitely want to weigh in on like, that's mm-hmm. so foreign to me what you just said. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like when someone tells you like, Oh, this is the way, do mm-hmm. you feel immediately influenced just to kind of give us contrast between a reflector and then someone mm-hmm. who does have definition? I think, uh, I, it's similar. I'm like, I, I, a little bit of that, like. Mm, it's like being contrary you call it stubborn or like contrary mm-hmm. but it's like and, and and the why thing really resonates where it's like i usually i'm like why and then mm-hmm. if they can give me a good why then i'll like think about it and like consider it yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, if definitely if they can't give me a good why then i don't even really consider it because <laughs> if they don't know why why would i take, why would i take <laughs> yeah. that on because yeah, it exactly. doesn't make any sense but i'm kind of curious too like it's interesting because it sounds like your like upbringing. It's almost like you were in kind of like a hyper like conditioned mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. Uh, which like we all have conditioning from our childhoods, but it's like yeah. I think when you add on like kind of religion or like dogma or things like that, where it's like it, it can create an environment that's like an extra mm-hmm. level to it, and yeah, so it's, it's like, like pressurized for sure. Yeah, and it's like I was just thinking, I was like, I wonder why some people like some people grow up in, in that environment and they. Um, they never have any of those feelings that you had. And some mm-hmm. people grow up in that environment and have the feeling of like, yeah, this is like, this really doesn't work for me. Or like, it like strengthens your sense of self, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to me that like the same environment could turn out a whole range of people. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe that speaks to your design too, where it's like being a reflector. It's like that environment was the perfect environment in a way to show you like, yeah, just how to, how to tune into yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like it kind of showed you like in an over the top way of like, oh no, I need to like check in with how this feels for me. And so yeah. you got, it's almost like a weirdly like a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, in some ways you could think about it like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like a very pressurized, uh, beautiful very beautiful <laughs> gift. I loved it. <laughs> and I think she actually means that for those of you who took that a little bit. No, I really did. Yeah. I, I learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's interesting like that you bring that question up of like wondering if people, um, have that or don't, especially mm-hmm. with that, like religious conditioning. I think, um, just in like watching my parents mm. and watching like friends and family in that environment, I think like when you grow up in that and you just like take it at face value mm-hmm. and you're like, this is just the way and this is like what you do, um, there's there's a lot of like community mm. pressure to like stay yeah. in line and then there's there's already so much like societal pressure to stay in line or like mm-hmm. to not step out or mm-hmm. be different or ch- or like challenge things. So I think a lot of times like people grow up with that like they have like a sense of identity mm-hmm. in it because they grew up in that mm-hmm. and so it's almost like all their eggs are in that basket and when you take that basket away like mm-hmm. the eggs fall to the ground and break. Mm-hmm. And so like it's kind of hard to to step out or to like redefine like mm-hmm. who am I? Mm-hmm. What 
it, what is life? What's happiness? What's pleasure? What's expression? And like, what's my relation to all of those things? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it, is there shame, guilt? Like there's so, there's so much. And like, we already get that from like society, but then you like put a layer of like Mm -hmm. religion on top of that. And then it's like that basket becomes even more important. So people aren't really willing to like change or like explore the possibilities. Well, I'm really curious if, so did you feel like growing up then like you, like I would imagine like on some level, it's either like you, you're, you don't feel you don't feel like you need to like retain that kind of like community, like, um, like, uh, family val- like sticking to the family values mm-hmm. and like assimilating. It's either you feel like you don't need to do that or, or you have a, such a strong connection to your family. That's like bigger than that. Like mm-hmm. they built bigger than that. Is that something that like, yeah, I'm just curious, like which way, cause like as a small child, if you're like already willing to like remove yourself from the group mm-hmm. right like you're talking about which is is hard for everybody yeah it's like yeah i'm just curious like do you have any thoughts of like why that would be or like do you feel like yeah maybe like the teflon nature of just like it didn't seem that important to assimilate well, or <laughs> i'm gonna answer your question with like a reference to something that Liz said um i amplify mm. everything that i'm around and so Um, I may have a great environment now, but I amplified the chaos that Mm. I was in. Mm. Um, and not to say that it was chaotic, like as a whole, but there was chaos around like any of my brothers, like making a decision like against, Mm. or like that's a little iffy or staying out a little bit too late or hanging out with friends that my parents have seen smoking or something, just like any of the things Mm -hmm it creates this like um like very it, it's like that basket starts to like you start to like grasp for, for that like sense of self or that mm. identity around it and i think that yeah like it was the the teflon mm. or like maybe just me realizing that it wasn't me mm. it was actually like these beliefs and i think also at the time i was like hey, I'm going to see if, like, these people will love me, mm-hmm. if I, even if I'm not what they want. Mm-hmm. So let me be, like, the opposite of what they want, and let's just see. Mm-hmm. And, like, thank God they love me. Like <laughs> That's really brave, though. Very, you know what I mean? Much. Yeah. Because that's something that I feel like everyone's afraid of that. Like, that's a word, level. though, I would equate to you, is, like, brave or courageous. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that you do, how I perceive you is that you have a very solid, innate, trust in like Mm. life and even when it's scary you do tend to push the boundaries of like yeah can I be brave yes yeah yes I can and just for people listening amplification that word so any open center whether it's a reflector with all nine centers open or you are someone who has you know the majority of your centers defined and a couple open the mechanics of amplification are that they make something bigger right they make it a little bit louder and sometimes think about plugging the, a guitar into an amp. Sometimes there's distortion. So when Rivka just referred to, which we pause this recording to take a deep bow for the cat, Cleo, who is also <laughs> a reflector and wants to feel represented on this podcast. Yeah, oh she is. Oh my gosh. She is a reflector. They're both reflectors. 
Well, with the cat. So Cleo's just feeling like she wants to be represented. I have this black cat called Cleo, and now she's curled up in Rivka's lap, and I think she's happy. But hopefully the pussy sounds have just added to your listening experience. And if they haven't, then you're listening to the wrong podcast. Okay, carrying on. So amplification makes things bigger and a little bit distorted. And so just something to note is like for a reflector, when you have all open centers, thank God for the Teflon aura, right? Because you have, as Rivka is relaying, this kind of sense of self. But I don't think every single reflector has that, um, you know, before you know your reflector, Mm-hmm. You can easily identify with all of the stuff that you're feeling. Right, because mm. it's big and it's mm-hmm. loud. And as Riv just said when she was talking about like the chaos, she was amplifying it. So it maybe didn't look like chaos, but then mm-hmm. the amplification of it is like really feeling like insane chaos. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like every time I either like stepped out or um, made, a, made a decision or like maybe like a youth leader told me to go home because my shorts were too short and, and there were boys present, I was like, <laughs> I just like handed it back and it probably felt like shit because it was like a, a mirror and like if someone's like, and I also was an angsty teenager please keep that in mind. And <laughs> amplification. Like, Any <laughs> time it was like, oh, you're bad, you're wrong, like handing that to me and it's like actually like mm. and I just like handed it right back and amplified it and and I was like actually like the belief around this is bad or wrong or mm. like the belief that my short shorts will like arouse this boy and that's my fault. Like that's what's wrong. Totally. And like kind of just like trying to hand it back and give little like signposts but yeah you know the the conditioning is real and like also you know if if that's like what you love and that gives you a sense of purpose and a sense of um value in life like I totally understand like why my parents love that it's very structured it's Mm -hmm. very like to the point Mm -hmm. and like there's not much to question right so me with all my questions it's like not my place (laughs) (laughs) totally and what you're hearing Rivka say is that she has nothing against Mormonism and I think that that's something that's really cool about a lot of people who do use human design as a signpost or a marker is that there's openness to structure whether it looks like human design which is Mm -hmm. not a belief system I just want to get really clear about that um there's openness to human design there's also openness to like if you're a Mormon and you Mm -hmm. enjoy that great and that works for you, great. Like, there's different strokes for different folks. Or as I saw recently, different wokes for different folks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, does that even work? Or did someone just pull their hamstring? I think it... Is that like a reach? Is that a reach? <laughs> it might be a little bit of a reach. That's what I thought. Okay. I think that, like, for me, it was like, uh, to speak to what you just said, it was like the forcing of something mm. or the, like, not necessarily forcing of something, but like the, like, here, take this as truth as the thing like was the very like difficult thing for me like I was like wait I can't question I can't fill things out I can't explore possibilities and that's when like I think my quote-unquote like tough on aura probably saved me Mm -hmm. and to add another layer for those of you listening and I think you're in this boat too uh Cheyenne if you're like, wow, this sounds very similar to my experience with conditioning, there is a whole generation who have the planet Pluto, Mm -hmm. the underworld, death, rebirth, transformation, kind of what's hidden in Scorpio. And I think that that generation, which Rivka, you're a part of, I am, Cheyenne is, Mm -hmm. 
not better, but when it comes to conditioning, there is this kind of like vomit feeling that happens because you're like, Mm -hmm. whoa, what's underneath that? What Mm -hmm. feels hidden there? Like you said, are my shorts bad because my ass looks sexy? Or is Mm -hmm. the belief that my ass looks sexy and someone can act on that without my consent what's actually bad? Mm -hmm. Or the blame on the visual or like the stimulation from that. Right. Because sexy is very bad. Okay. Well, and that might have been the loudest whisper. <laughs> I mean, I did pull the mic right. <laughs> I know, but I'm still I'm very surprised by that. Sometimes I feel like I can whisper louder than I can talk. I mean, I do you want to try it without pulling the mic in? What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Okay, it's don't laugh. Sexy. No, it didn't work. I, I had mean, to it's pretty loud, but <laughs> I had to pull the mic over. Okay. So my question to you is, how did learning your human ex- your human experience, how did learning <laughs> your you human experience, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're dead and we're all angels sitting here. How was your human experience? Yeah. <laughs> Once you said, <laughs> one to world. ten. <laughs> it's like the smiley face of the sad face. <laughs> oh, with that's like, a really where bleak, are you on this scale? <laughs> that's a bleak version of <laughs> post-death. Yeah, you're going to get met with some emojis, and you're going to have to rank your experience based on these emojis. Um, um, Yes, how did learning your human design change your experience as a human? Hmm. Um, I feel like it changed my experience um, in a sense that it gave me something to understand myself more. Mm. Um, I think a lot of the things in my strategy and authority I was kind of already practicing but human design gave me a very like structured um like practice system and reminder system of like oh yeah like nature is really good for me Mm. because I can get away from all the people and all the noise and I can just feel me Mm. and or nature which is me which is fine Mm. so (laughs) The more out in the woods I can get, the better. And I, I kind of grew up doing that in Pennsylvania with my parents. Mm. Um, more so my dad than my mom, but just like always was um, learning the woods and learning myself through the woods. Mm. That's beautiful. And for anyone who's listening, and you're not a reflector, but you do have an open root center or and or open emotional center... Um, Potentially even open head. So open head, emotional, and root are all combination of those things. Really all humans, but let's just keep it human design centric for a moment. Getting out into nature to feel that kind of like Schumann resonance, that pace that's a little bit slower where you go, oh yeah, that to-do list of 25 things all of a sudden lost all of its purpose because now Mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by trees and I see the squirrels running up the trees and the fox trotting by and the lightning strike in the distance and all of a sudden like there's perspective if you have an open root and an open emotional center especially it's really good to get out into nature Mm -hmm. daily and to take some time alone and also reflective of the second line profile so that hermit line whether you have it as a personality line or you have it as a um design line as Mm -hmm. Rivka has it as a design line um that rhymes and it's really throwing me off a design line Dr. Seuss would be proud their get out into nature (laughs) like go go into nature take some time because just feeling that resonance Mm -hmm. kind of recalibrates the root and recalibrates the emotional center in a really very efficient way Mm -hmm. 
I would say that my learning my human design, like one of the one of the ways that it's helped my human experience and helped my experience um, in like the more tangible and more um, like life changing ways is learning to not identify with whatever it is that I'm around. Say I'm mm. around someone who has had a really bad day or. Um, for example, like me and my partner work from home. And so to not identify with like his energy, he's a manifesting generator and he is brilliant. He is extremely creative. And sometimes when I can feel him, it is like, oh, I get like a little bit of confusion around like what I'm actually doing. And I'm like, mm. oh, I want to, I want to actually make something. Let me, <laughs> and I like have all this energy because I'm, I'm simply like around him mm-hmm. and I have all this energy that isn't necessarily like, it's like mine because I can feel it and it's like just growing within me because I'm around him. But say I actually like wanted to record a meditation or like do my own personal flow. I have all of this energy that I'm feeling that kind of like throws me off a little bit. And then when I feel that I used to be like, Oh, like, do I, is this throwing my whole day off? Should I do this? Should I do that? And then once I learned that it was like, Oh, I don't need to identify this, identify with this. Like I can go make something or build something. And I can also like put my headphones in, go take a walk, um, take a break from the energy and then come back to myself in order to like do the things that I, that I am called to do Mm. and that I want to do. Um, that's been really interesting because just being around that has been a really beautiful learning experience. Mm. And then, like I said before, like if I'm around, um, like a friend who's like not having a great day or like if, even if it's like a stranger, like that I interact with at the grocery store and I'm like, I don't need to be like, what's wrong with me? Mm. Mm. Or like ask myself, like, what did I do? Or how, you know, how did I piss that person off? And it's just like, actually, they were just pissed off and they handed it to me and I felt it. And I don't need to hand it back to anyone. I can just like breathe and not identify with it. I don't have to carry that, that like, um, that energy with me all day and identify with it and be like, oh, well, now I'm pissed off and I'm going to have a pissed off day and I'm going to let everybody know it. And like, <laughs> right, <laughs> you don't the, have to do that. Yeah, like the energetic residuals, it yeah. sounds like. Like, oh, I can feel those residuals. Like, I can feel that on me now that that yeah. just happened and I'm identifying with it. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. honestly, like over and over and over again, I'm blessed to have Rivka as what I would call my very best friend. And I am always in awe of the capacity for someone to have all open centers and be able to still move through the world functionally just because, you know, for me, I have three defined, so exponentially more than you. But I still feel like, and you could probably speak to this too, Cheyenne, because you only have three defined Mm -hmm. too. Um, I always feel like, like, wow, it's actually difficult to not take on, especially like other people's emotional Mm -hmm. waves. Like if someone comes at me with an, a big emotion and they're in their emotional wave, whether it's a happy emotion or a trigger that's like more dense, for me it's very challenging to not mm. be like, oh, I caused this mm-hmm. and it's my fault. And so just to hear you say that, I'm like, yeah, wow, deep bow for that practice. Mm. And granted, different aura mechanics, but mm-hmm. still I think your, your nine open centers really, it's always 
I'm like, wow, good job. Thanks. Yeah, and I kind of wonder, I'm kind of curious, like, so you're talking about, like, your experience, like, maybe with your partner mm-hmm. and, like, feeling someone else's motivation and energy to mm-hmm. do something and then, like, yourself. But it's, like, obviously you do things in the world, right? You're mm-hmm. called to do things. There's things you're excited about. So I'm kind of curious, like, how how does that feel to you? Mm-hmm. Like, how does it feel when you want to, like, do something, right? Because, like, from the human di- design perspective, it's, like, you don't have any motors right so I mean similar to you Alyssa also but it's like Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just curious like what does that feel like is it does it feel different than when you're around your partner who's like it does definitely yeah that's such a good question (laughs) so like just to give a little contrast when I was with my ex-husband who was a projector Mm. I think he only had two defined centers or maybe three um I felt very I felt myself a lot because mm. he wasn't an energy type being mm. and um I was able to explore me a lot and spend a lot of time he worked a lot too so I had like a ton of time mm. just to like explore and evolve and learn mm-hmm. and um with with him I definitely noticed like a drive to study and mm. to like get into like the nitty-gritty of like how things work and Mm. how like like that's where like I did my yoga teacher training first Mm. and um really like did a lot of self-exploration through that and um I think that the difference between that is like the difference between like me feeling like someone else's energy like my fiance now Mm -hmm. like he's when I feel that it's like uh, it's kind of like a sugar high, mm, mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I have all this energy, and I'm gonna run around and do all these things, mm. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean this, I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna rearrange this, and it just like comes out of nowhere, and mm. it's just like, it's very, um, like I know when it's him because he's like home, or it'll be like us out in the world like doing something, mm. or we'll be excited by something, and then like create something together, mm. um. That feels very, very much like a sugar high or mm-hmm. like a <clears throat> just like kind of tasting his energy. And when I feel that it's from me and like the depths of me and like that, like it's something that I'm called to do and that it's like my sole purpose kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It feels, um, it feels like how I feel out in nature. Like mm-hmm. it feels very. I don't know. Like, it, it's kind of hard to explain because it's just, like, my experience and I don't have, like, a lot of, like, words to describe it. But it, in contrast to, like, feeling someone else's energy, it's, like, it's constant. It's not, like, a sugar high. It's not a spike in energy and then it goes down. It's, it's like, a constant, um, like, pull towards something greater and something that, like I know that I'm like moving towards day by day and that's like yeah it just like feels like how I feel out in nature where it's like oh everything's connected I I'm here and I'm doing my thing and like it just feels like very easeful Mm -hmm. that's a cool and just to give some context too I just have I just pulled up your current partner's 
who is incredible, an incredible artist, just mm-hmm. to fill yeah. in some yeah. context, like an incredible artist. I mean, wow. And something to note about his design is that he has two individual knowing circuitry channels. And that mm-hmm. is like what you just described, that like download of acoustic information and inspiration that just like whoo, hits Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, in contrast to your energetic circuitry, you've got a lot more tribal circuitry, whereas he has a lot more individual knowing circuitry. And so mm-hmm. I could see how that would feel so different in your system. Yeah. And that's just cool how, like, mm-hmm. what you described it as a sugar high, that's a really cool description of that. Mm-hmm. Or Very like cool. a burst of energy. Yeah. yeah. Just like... Well, your face showed, like, um, glee. Mm-hmm. Like, when you yeah. said it, your face showed glee. Yeah. Like, oh, it feels, like, really exciting almost. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, you know, what I had as a question for you that I was really curious about, but you've kind of spoken to it already, though I think that there's probably more nuance to it, especially if you're talking about, like, just meeting people in general, Mm -hmm. but how does, like, knowing you're a reflector, how did that change your perception of relating to other people? Hmm. or how you relate to other people how did it change how you relate to other people or perceive other people and their response to you um I don't know that it like changed how I relate to other people I think it may have changed how I digest information from other people and how I perceive other people Mm -hmm. like I think one example that I it just kind of boggles my mind that you pointed out in Hawaii, I had met, um, oh man, yes. I forget his name, I, yeah. but it was Jess's partner that was at the house. Like a retreat host yes. of the house, a yes. house owner. Yeah. And I, I literally mirrored his body position <laughs> on the, the railing. So he was talking to me, put the, I know, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, put his arm on the rail and he kind of like had his shoulder down and had his hand on his on his chin and then had like one leg kind of like crossed and one bent and I just you know I just like felt into his energy and I just was like hey okay let's try this on like let's go let's communicate let's connect like I'm right here and I think that like I don't notice when I do that but I I do it very naturally Mm -hmm. and then I'm like oh cool right like we're we're connecting even though it's like a very like like quote unquote it is like a literal like mirror but yeah. I am also feeling the same like body language right and that's been really cool like even just like meeting you like I've been able to um explore and taste like different parts of myself that don't that I don't necessarily get to taste on my own because you bring it out in me mm. and I think that 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 might be like one of the biggest things is like relating to people and seeing um, like where the pings light up in me. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. This, that great. Like I love this. And like, yeah, I could play guitar more, be more creative or like uh, try and my femininity a little bit more, try and my masculinity a little bit more. And like it, it feels uh, really exciting and beautiful to meet people where they're at and see how it resonates within me Mm. and then like um either taking that with me and being like oh right this is a new piece of my personality Mm. and like I love it and I'm expressing it more because like this person turned me on to it or that person like cued me into it um I think that 
when I first found out I was a reflector, I was like, oh, so I'm like, like, I don't have a personality. I'm just Mm. whatever I'm around. Mm. And yeah, I just was like, oh, like, I wonder if people can like, getting a little emotional That's good. <laughs> like can people can actually like see me under like what they see on the surface mm-hmm. but then like once I like let go of that I think it's just like a like a limiting belief that I have mm-hmm. because of like growing up and making a lot of people uncomfortable right like I'm like oh I just do that but now I see it as like one of my biggest strengths Mm -hmm. and like when I meet people it's it's just really a beautiful experience whether it's like quote-unquote good or bad or pleasurable or enjoy like or maybe it's like not so enjoyable or it's stressful and it's harmful like there's still like always information to be learned from it and like as long as I don't identify with that like I can just use that as knowledge Mm. as information Mm -hmm. and like I honestly like love meeting all different types of people and like I like the opportunity to like go out and seek that out often Mm. two things just came up for me when you were talking about all of that and I think one thank you for like the vulnerability of expressing emotion yeah because I think that that is it shows like again like the impact of your experience it like and this is the thing about reflectors that I think sometimes people think, oh, like reflectors are just not bothered. Like they're not, they're, oh, they have no definitions. They're just not bothered. Mm-hmm. That Teflon aura can also feel mm-hmm. like that. But like when you, in my experience, when you actually know a reflector, it's more that they're processing through mm-hmm. every little mm-hmm. energetic shift. And it's not that they're not bothered. They're actually probably more impacted than most people. And because of that sensitivity, the amount of information that's coming in, it's like every moment's intense and not in a bad way, but in a rich way. Mm -hmm. Um, And on that, you know, on that topic, one thing I want to circle back to is the gate six. So hold me to that when we talk about discomfort and you making people uncomfortable. (laughs) It's the something (laughs) gate. Um, (laughs) Nice is, I would say, an interesting word for it. But... Mm -hmm. Sampling when you're like, I love meeting all different types of people. Yeah, I think it's so cool when like reflectors actually find out their reflectors and then they actually allow themselves to sample, mm. sample environments, sample places, sample people, sample seasons, sample different light levels, sample mm-hmm. substances, sample food. And it's like all of a sudden that, like, quote unquote, like, oh. I'm just all open, so does that mean I don't have any personality or, like, am I being perceived that way, which is, like, the farthest thing from the truth for any reflector I've ever met. Like, Michael Jackson was a reflector. To me, like, yeah. That's awesome. Reflectors, to me, like, you say their name and you can fucking feel their presence. Like, it doesn't matter if they're worlds away. All of a sudden, you're like, I mean, what just happened with Michael Jackson? You were both like, oh, oh, right? Like, when you know a reflector and you really see them, you see their, you can feel them from miles Mm -hmm. away miles away so that's just one thing and I think with sampling it adds this richness to a reflector's experience that lets them say like you said and use the word ping Mm -hmm. but like this is for me and this is not for me and something that has always struck me is um there is a 90 minute audio it's raw uruhu and it's called 
the, I think it's called the reflector signature. And he says this thing in it that is kind of haunting to me, but it's that the reflector can pick a rose out, out of the dumpster. Like of mm. all the people, the reflector is the one who can be like, that person's awake. And you know, historically that was used as like almost work, like reflectors would be used by the system mm. to be like, that person's awake, mm. take them out. Mm. But mm. now, and this is where I like, I don't know if this is part of the 2027 solar plexus mutation or what, but most of the reflectors I know are fucking weirdos in the best possible way where they're mm. the ones that Thank are you. like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> She's got an Aquarius moon, people. Um, in the eighth house. Um, most reflectors that I know now are the people who are like, oh, you're awake? Like, come here. You're part of my team. Mm-hmm. That's e- yeah. almost every reflector I know. They're like searching for that. Mm. And when I heard him say that, I was like, wow, that speaks to you, my experience mm. of you. Like, you really read people in a way that's very compassionate and unique. And you are often able to be like, wow, I can, like, it actually blows my mind often because you're like, oh, you can go have a conversation with someone and you can almost pick out immediately not in a judgmental way at all which is the cool part like the qualities of that person that resonate with you and the qualities that don't Mm -hmm. like this yeah and that always goes back to that like sampling but also that ability to be like oh you you're the rose in the dumpster and there's lots of roses and there's lots of dumpsters so it's not like special but it's a unique quality that I've really only seen in reflectors Mm -hmm. yeah um Anybody have comments on that before we talk about the gate six? I was just going to say that also I think it's like you're, that pers- that gift of that perspective about other people in life. And like it's like knowing that like every interaction that you have is a teacher for mm-hmm. you, right? Like whether it's good or bad. And I love that because I like that's something that I had the epiphany of maybe like a few years ago but it's like oh like the people who are like the hardest to be around (laughs) or like are you're getting like you're having a negative experience like they teach you a lot Mm -hmm. not only about them but about yourself and like who you are and in that moment and like yeah so it's really cool that you have just had that perspective or that's just how you see things Mm -hmm. and how you're kind of moving through the world because I think I think like all of us should or could do that and maybe would be better for it. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like a constant, um, opportunity to be like, Oh, like this is enjoyable. Why is it enjoyable? This Mm -hmm. is not enjoyable. Why is it not enjoyable? Mm -hmm. Or like, why do I not like this quality or that quality? Is it because there's something actually wrong Mm-hmm. Is it because there is something like from society or from conditioning, or is it like something that I need to look at mm-hmm. for myself because that person is just like letting you know, just informing me just with mm-hmm. their energy, and I can just be like, oh right, okay, mm-hmm. that makes me uncomfortable because I haven't looked at that in a while, mm-hmm. and it looks like crap. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it for a little bit longer, and maybe it won't look like crap. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it won't feel like crap, and it's yeah. like maybe I'll understand it more and you know, I don't have to label it as crap. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And that's such like a, Oh man, it's a lot of work yeah. <laughs> to do in life. But like, yeah, I see Aly- Alyssa told me a while ago, you were like, every reflector I know is like the wisest, like most powerful people that I know, Aww. but I can see like, that is why, right? Like it's like having that open, everything open means that you get to be wise about to a depth that, like, maybe other people don't. If yeah, you so like choose. And I want to add a caveat. And the um, feeling it all mm-hmm. yeah. allows for that. Yeah. 
And I think that's, I want to add a caveat to the reflector thing. It's reflectors who own mm. their responsibility to understand the energy they're amplifying. Yeah. Because that's, I think that is something like, I think you can amplify energy and then just be like, oh, that's not mine. I'm just right. not going to deal with it. And I'm just going to like keep going on my way. But it's like, and it is a ton of work, I imagine, to take the time to really understand from all the perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, 28 days. Right. Yeah. Yes, bitch. Well, right. And that's exactly like, think about, so like just contextually, those of you who have like, oh, you want to go to Hawaii in March and you've got this sacral yes. And you're like, "Uh uh-uh. And you know, immediately, great. Okay. Well, do you want to go to Japan in December? Uh Uh-huh. And like, you know, you ask a reflector something and they're going to, if they're really being true to their experience, they're going to tell you, I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Or like, ooh, that sounds really exciting. Let me let me get back to let you. Fill it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something like before either of us were really like entirely immersed in human design. I really definitely felt that from you. And in the sense of like you were very cautious and slow mm-hmm. to like wade in fully to like friendship. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was almost maybe like four lunar cycles. Cause I remember listening to something and I was like, oh, yeah, this makes so much sense, like, yeah. just in the progression of how we've gotten to know each other, which for most me is people, also very comfortable. Most people think that it's, like, me being flaky, but it's actually just me, um, like, processing information, processing energy that either I had around you or, mm. like, you had around me, like, whatever. Yes. Whatever it is, it's just, like, taking the time to let that settle and then making an informed decision in my own energy and being like, oh, it's still a yes. It's mm-hmm. not just a yes because I was excited. It's not just a yes. yes because I felt this X, Y, or Z or whatever. Like there was residual there. Like then I can actually respond from me and my centered space. And it can be like a really beautiful exchange. And like a lot of people just aren't that patient or they take it the wrong way mm-hmm. or they're just like, ah, rip because of flake, whatever. Right. Yeah, they take and it And that's personal. okay. Yeah. That's well, they're fine. not your people. <laughs> they can decide that about me. That's okay. But yeah. it's also like, that's why people understanding human design is like so important because <laughs> it's like normalizing that like we all have yeah. different ways of making decisions and processing and like, so, okay, I don't hear back from Riv for a month. It doesn't mean she hates me. It just means right. she's yeah. like doing yeah. her thing or whatever. There's nothing wrong. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, and then you're right that like the gift of like a yes from a true yes is mm-hmm. like, that means so much more than someone who's just responding to you because they or feel like, pressured to or like a basically. pressured yes yeah. or a forced yes right. or like a yes because I feel like I have to you can yeah. feel it when it's like mm. uh, you don't actually want to be here mm-hmm. or like oh like actually it would have been better if you went and took a nap right <laughs> whatever it is that you need do you need a nap <laughs> yeah no that is so true and so eloquently said too Cheyenne like the reflection back of that and that's something that you know if you take nothing else from this conversation which I think you'll take a lot from it I'm talking to you yes you who is listening right now right timing is a thing every Mm -hmm. single type needs to wait there's there's no type that does not need to wait and that's something that gets a little bit skewed in human design because we do talk about how generators have this in the moment especially pure generators that don't have an emotional wave this in the moment response which is real however they're still waiting to respond right so Every type, whether you're a manifester, manifestors need to wait, especially if they have emotional 
authority, but they also have a, a creative cycle where, and you could probably speak to this, their energy climaxes <laughs> and they're creative and they're going and they're doing the thing. And then it's like, and it starts to slow down. And I don't know if it feels like that in your body, but yeah. when I watch manifestors, that's the sound I hear when they're like right at the edge of, I need to leave the world right now and yeah. I can't. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like every type projectors wait for the invitation, wait for recognition. Every type is waiting. And that's something that we don't like. We've had the opposite conditioned into us. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. Go Jump out and it. get it. Yeah. Jump on mm-hmm. it. Initiate. Go be like, go be the thing now, go yesterday. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think waiting doesn't mean that you're anxiously sitting there with your thumb up your ass, like waiting for something to happen. No. And it doesn't mean that you're unsure either. Right. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like everything is a process. And so like waiting can be a lot of different things, but in the art form of waiting, it would be patience. It would be timelessness. It would be honing your craft, Mm -hmm. processing through the energy, letting yourself get clear on what you want to inform people of, feeling your sacral energy respond to a sunrise or respond to an invitation to go get a glass of wine, like the simplest things, but every type has to wait. Now, if that made you uncomfortable, that's okay. What I want to shift to talking to next is... Let's get even more uncomfortable and talk about the gate six. <laughs> it's like, I paid you to say that. <laughs> Can you read my, my defined oh, Ajna? Wow, wow. <laughs> wait, do that into the mic. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> For more Rivka sounds, follow Rivka... <laughs> What's your Spotify? Do you have your Spotify? It's yet? just Rivka, yeah. It's just Rivka. It's just Rivka. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the gate six. So, for those of you who are like, why is Alyssa hung up on the gate six? How many times have we heard Rivka say that she makes people uncomfortable in this interview? I wasn't counting, but at least five, mm-hmm. six, six mm-hmm. times. Six? Was it six? Know. I don't oh, think okay. I knew. We should have a quiz. Yeah. <laughs> if you know the number of times, please submit it to. <laughs> Don't we don't want we don't want emails from you like that. If you want to send us money, you can do that. If you want to absolutely fund the Kickstarter, please please reach out. But we don't want to actually hear the amount of times Rivka said she makes people uncomfortable. But <laughs> Rivka has the gate six in her Jupiter. Jupiter is the planet of law, protection, expansion, luck. Anything Jupiter touches, it magnifies. It makes bigger. And so the gate six is a, um, a hexagram or an energy of friction or conflict it's part of the channel of intimacy and mating and the kind of tagline for the gate six is the law that growth cannot exist Mm. i'm gonna say this again growth cannot exist without friction and this is something that i personally feel Mm. in my life for sure Mm. i mean i have the gate 59 so i've got the opposite um but the gate six, yeah, when you have it, you carry in your auric field friction. Mm-hmm. And so there is this like kind of funny thing that, you know, you've said that a bunch of times and I keep being like, yeah, well, you've got Jupiter sitting in the gate six, mm-hmm. which is the gate of conflict or friction. And if you have this gate, regardless of your type, especially if it is on your personality side, there does tend to be this kind of aura busting energy where you're going to press through the surface level of anyone who you are around with a sort of feeling of friction. And sometimes people will almost prickle to that and be like, whoa, like, can you back up? And you might've just made eye contact with them, Mm -hmm. but they can feel this like pressing of, all right, 
are you my person or are you not my person? Are you willing to go to the depths to create intimacy mm-hmm. or not? And so I'm just curious, oh, like, how have you... Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Right. Well, why is it interesting? I want to hear. Well, because I had mentioned, like, oh, do you actually love me? Mm-hmm. I'm going to test the boundaries of this love. Right. That's so interesting. I'm like, wait. I was doing that that line six all the time. I have that... <laughs> So I have that with my dad. My dad has the 59. One of my closest brothers has the 59. My mom has the 59 too. So we all Mm. have that complete channel together. And they're the ones who seem to like actually like uh, go to the depths with me. Mm -hmm. And same with you. But yeah. And your partner has it too, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, those are the people. Those are my people. And not that like other people aren't my people, but there's just like a different depth to like where we can understand where we can love where we can grow and how we can like connect mm-hmm. so yeah. to speak and yeah it, it almost it feels like a um like a testament to like trust in mm. whatever like friendship colleague relationship whatever kind of relationship it is it feels like oh this is sturdy Mm. because we can go there yeah yeah and that's to speak to Cheyenne's point human design is the science of differentiation it's a system that says Cheyenne is different than Alyssa Alyssa is different than Rivka Rivka is different than Cheyenne and vice versa Mm -hmm. and that's how it ought to be that's on purpose And so, you know, in bringing up the gate six, the reason that I really wanted to talk about it is because I think sometimes we get, especially those of us who have open emotional centers, we get avoidant of friction, conflict, mm-hmm. confrontation, because mm-hmm. we are afraid of feeling other people's emotions amplified in our body. Yeah. The, I feel like when, even though there's fear, you say this all the time, feel the fear and do it anyway. And like, I think that's like, either my stubbornness drives me or my line six drives me or whatever. Just recently with my partner, we had like a very um, intimate and hard conversation to broach. But like once I put it out there and started talking and started expressing myself, it created this like, and because he was there for it Mm -hmm. and because he showed up, like there's obviously different ways that this could play out. And I could just like make someone feel uncomfortable or make, you know, kind of push someone away because they're not ready to enter those waters with me. Mm. But because he was there and he received it, it created this like depth of intimacy that it felt like a new layer of love and intimacy and openness and communication was like just like, like this whole new universe is like totally open Mm. to us and we can go explore it. And even though, you know, like when you feel that fear, I always tell it to myself, like, okay, there's fear there for a reason. Mm. And it's because I'm afraid of like not being loved, not being accepted, not being heard, not being respected, like whatever it is, it's because I'm afraid of not being received in some sort of way. And even just because that's present doesn't mean that I don't have the opportunity to grow from pushing past that fear myself and choosing to be vulnerable no matter what the outcome is 
whether like someone receives it or doesn't, there's still like knowledge and self-growth in practicing going past that fear and being able to be vulnerable regardless of the outcome, regardless of um, whatever you want from that outcome coming to you or not. Like that practice of being vulnerable with yourself and just like wearing your heart on your sleeve is in and of itself a practice of love and a practice of acceptance like all of those things you can still do that for yourself and it doesn't have to be like oh I'm not gonna do this if I'm not gonna be met right so like feel that fear do it anyway and learn from it Mm. I love that and that's something that you know just talking like mechanically uh, what Rivka just explained is really the channel of intimacy and mating. So if you're looking at the body graph on the right side of the sacral center, there's a channel that the sacral center holds the gate 59, the gate of dispersion or sexuality. And then the emotional center holds the gate six, which is the gate of conflict or friction. And the channel itself is called the channel of intimacy and mating. And it's a tribal defense circuitry channel. And so it speaks to what you just said, which is like, if we can almost... I don't want to say push past, but like if we can meet each other, dissolve the boundaries that are there and push past the discomfort of the friction, Mm -hmm. we are able to meet each other in a way that is bonding and that does create a defense system because we know that there's trust there. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think I'd love to actually hear your take on this too, Cheyenne, especially with your uh, 4037 Mm -hmm. channel, um, which is another tribal channel. Um, But I think in our culture, friction and conflict is really bastardized. Like, it's almost been adulterated to be like, oh, it's uncomfortable, so it's bad. Mm-hmm. And then because it isn't met gracefully, it's met in, like, really shitty ways, like, canceling people. Or, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's just bad. Don't touch it. Or, like, you know, whatever. We almost can't gracefully dance through conflict. Like, we've, we've not been taught how to do that. Mm-hmm. How to do that safely. How to do that respectfully. How to do that with grace. And... It's no one's fault, but I do think, like, learning human design and learning our designs and learning, like, yeah, you know what? The friction in Rivka's auric field is not bad, and it's not against, and it's not, you know, whatever. It's actually there to invite you mm-hmm. into deeper relation, into deeper interpersonal dynamics, should you choose to engage. Mm-hmm. And that might be go for anybody who's got the gate six, or even the 59. Yep. No growth without friction Mm -hmm. I also think that it's like yeah you can't really have you can't have intimacy without friction and without conflict like because if people aren't like if you're in a relationship and you're not arguing you never argue or you're never having any conflict which I've never been in one of those but I hear that some people have those but it's like (laughs) uh, you're not really like showing up as yourself Mm -hmm. which means that then you can't go to that level where you're actually like have intimacy with each other and it's like if both people can show up and not be in conflict in the way where they're just like being uh disrespectful and like (laughs) there's like there's like healthy conflict and then conflict that's like destructive right Right. where people are screaming at each other they're telling each other you know calling Mm. each other horrible names and yeah Yeah. and just trying to like tear the other person down and like i never loved you and i shouldn't have done this and you know like that's Yes. A different kind of conflict, but yes. like having friction or having conflict where it's like, we're two humans, we disagree, let's talk it out and like figure it out. It's like, that does lead to that next stage where you're like, mm-hmm. you do have that feeling of like, oh, like we could, 
maybe it's not like get through anything, but it's like, yeah, this feeling of like, oh, like you're my person and you're still here, even though we, we don't agree about everything or we had the hard conversation. Or, yeah. You didn't you know. cancel me. You didn't. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Didn't say like, oh, yeah. like that's wrong. Like there was like mutual hearing mm-hmm. and understanding, even though it was different. Mm-hmm. And it's actually yeah. like, like the canceling thing is almost like, that's like a macrocosm of like a microcosm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's like, yeah, that's happening in like intimate relationships and it's also happening on a bigger scale, but it's yes. like people that can't, can't deal with someone else having a different opinion. Yes. Right. And then, yeah. Or be that's open. That's a whole other thing, but. <laughs> I had like a very, very interesting conversation actually with a, a family member and we didn't agree, mm. but we still stayed mm. and had the conversation. And she said, she had said, like, in the middle of it, because it was pretty heated, and I'm not going to go into what the <laughs> conversation was about, because I could probably talk for hours about it. But she she said, kind of, uh, I feel defensively, like, we're never going to understand each other. Mm. And so I, what I said back to that was, like, if you decide that for us, then yeah, yeah. we're never going to understand each other. Mm. And once I said that, she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then we talked for, like, two hours. Yeah. But, like, it's that, like, being able to hear someone mm-hmm. and receive someone, mm-hmm. whether you agree with it or not, mm-hmm. like... We, we could all, as humans, learn how to do that more gracefully and not put our, like, shove our own beliefs and ways of being down each other in each other's throats and just label each other mm-hmm. as, like, wrong or bad and instead be like, oh, that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay. It's different. That works for you. Mm-hmm. This is what works for me because that doesn't feel good for me. Mm-hmm. But it, feel good, it feels good for you. So, like... That's awesome, and I trust that it feels good for you instead of being, like, you know, forcing our ways upon each other, and that's when we're like, oh, I don't understand that, so, like, I'm going to put a wall up. Or I don't understand that, I don't like that, so therefore it's wrong, or I cancel that. Like, it's a very interesting concept. I'm like, why are we doing this to each other? It also seems like, it's funny, because she said it like, we're never going to understand each other. Yeah. But what she was really saying, maybe, is, like, we're never going to agree. So like this conversation is like a moot point, but yeah. it's like, you can understand like, you someone without agree. agreeing. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like, I mean, it's like logically understanding, but then also mm-hmm. maybe like empathy of like, Oh, I, I see how this yes. is how you got to this belief and what it does for you. And, and all Being these able things, to right. Remove ourselves mm-hmm. just a little bit in yeah. order to hold space for the other, the others mm-hmm. experience, perspective, feelings, whatever without like putting a wall up or say, mm-hmm. you know saying it is bad or wrong like we don't have to just like what you said we don't have to agree in order to understand or find empathy or find meaning yeah and like find even just like information from and learning from mm-hmm. it like it's totally worth going there and it is like that identity but problem it's hard. again where it's like the getting when you get defensive or you like take it on is it's hard talking about things that are like things that we take on as our identity like mm-hmm. our belief systems and whatever it is and so it's hard to like separate yourself from that but i do think that it's like yeah the more you can practice that which is like that going back to like being a reflector it seems like that's like the 
the, the continual practice of like not identifying, you know, so you're a pro at it by now, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's still hard. I have to like always, I have to, it would be hard if I, um, didn't follow my strategy and I didn't like go out into nature, have my own practice, um, have my own connection with myself. I Mm -hmm. think it would be hard if I was like, for example, in a, Um, community like Mormonism because it is so very attached to like holding everybody accountable and like everybody's like looking out for everyone Mm. doing the wrong thing or like telling (laughs) on each other like (laughs) I would be the worst Mormon ever sounds like it would be like you need to I would actually probably be excommunicated (laughs) if I didn't already leave (laughs) I just realized for the first time how much like how you describe Mormonism sounds like kindergarten Like that, as you just said that, I like pictured kindergarten and I was like, wow, okay, interesting. Um, It's it's very pack mentality. Yeah. Versus like individual experience. Right. Totally. Which is, I mean, again, like there's function there as far as survival goes. It's very safe. It's very safe. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm just like, especially as I was just listening to you too, and something that I always come back to as I like do human design readings and I see all these body graphs is the fact that we are all having radically different experiences in the same sphere. So Mm -hmm. it's like that's something that for me, and I imagine for both of you as well, human design has illuminated where it's like, oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Cheyenne, Alyssa, and Rivka could all have the exact same experience, the exact same environment, the same sensation input, sensational input, Mm -hmm. the same visuals, and we each would probably experience that experience differently Mm -hmm. and that's for a reason like that is a really great thing and I think we forget that sometimes because especially with like television or social media um or religion there are like lenses that we put over what's that music music yeah right Mm -hmm. like any any cultural input cultures us right like it puts a lens over our experience that says this is how it is and with human design it's that reminder of yeah okay we are having the same inputs, but how we're interpreting those inputs is actually radically different. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the, re- like the reflector, like you were saying, like the sampling of like being around different people is like, that's like another iteration of it. Like where it's like, it is so important that we're all having a different experience because mm-hmm. that's how you can like learn about humanity and yourself. Mm-hmm. And, like, we could all take from that perspective, too, where it's, yeah. like, it, it's not just, like, reflectors, but it's, like, yeah, it's really cool. I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> and the reflector gets to feel everybody's experience of the experience. That's how I perceive reflectors. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, if you were going to draw, like, almost a diagram of, like, the system of human design and the relation of the types and how they work that's how I picture reflectors like you have the generators and manifesting generators like doing the thing on the ground you've got the manifestors with the creative ideas that are coming in and they're informing the people who have the sacral energy you've got the projectors then like a step back being like what's efficient here what's working what's not and then you have the reflectors even a step back from that like holding up just their beingness Mm. as a reflection of that system I just described and so it's like to have reflectors that are healthy and that are using their strategy and authority and not over-identifying with like, oh, I'm a reflector, but okay, this is a tool I have in my arsenal. And as I'm experiencing different people and experiencing how they experience the experience, wow, talk about an immense amount of information for Mm -hmm. you, Rivka, or any other reflector listening to metabolize and process. Yeah. 
I do want to say one of the reflectors that I met that I didn't know him. Um, he kind of was like, oh, we're the gods. We can do... Oh, really? Yeah. We can do anything and we can... We're the, we're the like, higher up. Like, we're above everyone else. And I was mm. like, what? <laughs> like, that just... I, I was like, we're just... It's kind of interesting because if you don't if you're if you don't have a reflector as a friend or someone in your life to like kind of like learn and understand when you just hear about the profile you could very easily assume like oh they're impervious or like mm. Mm, they're like just like an right? alien or whatever mm. and like yeah exactly so it's just which like, I will say someone who I respect very highly did see you eating popcorn on one of my stories like years ago one piece at a time like literally like. <laughs> One piece, yum yum yum. One piece, and they were like, "Is she an alien? Like, who eats popcorn like that?" I like to. Yeah, I like it slow. I like it slow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, savor the. Yeah. It pops it, fast. One but... every twenty-eight days. Okay. <laughs> but like, it's a. What I'm speaking to is yes. that like, um, I think that it's a type that either. Like you can be very self-aware and you can, you can use your design and you can, you can use it to your benefit and your community's benefit and be radically accountable Mm. in that process. Or you can be like, oh shit, I'm a reflector. (laughs) And then, and then (laughs) most of the time you're just going to be blinding people and Mm. like, just like amplifying everything and like Liz said like just amplifying it and like walking away and not like having any accountability in like the exchange of it all like Mm. there it's not impervious and if you think you are or if you think reflectors are then like it's not gonna be pretty yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. something you've told me that story before and something I actually didn't pick up on that I did this time is like what is their environment like? Like, what is their community like? Like, is it... And again, we don't have to unpack this. It's kind of a rabbit hole Mm. and, you know, whatever. Said person might listen to this at some point. But that reflector... (laughs) Gods don't... Never mind. (laughs) Um, That reflector maybe is in a community of people that that is, like, the vibe. And that's great Mm because cool. And also, there's so much nuance there. And that's where I think, like, Something I often say with reflector, with really a lot of different types, depending on their setup, but I think it comes with their reflector type is, you probably know who said it, but with great power comes great responsibility. Is that, that quote, like, it's like some like present. Roosevelt or something. Yeah, see, yeah. I, knew I don't you know. know. That's, that's what popped into my Armstrong? head. But. Some, no, I don't, I don't know. know. We should really start fact-checking ourselves. On yeah, can, someone, can someone fact-check? <laughs> we need like a, someone with the channel, the 48... 16. Someone start ch- fact-checking us, <laughs> yes. please. Thanks. And um, also, like, all all of the designs are immensely beautiful, mm-hmm. useful, mm-hmm. impactful, knowledgeable. There's no yes. one that's better or worse or above any other of them. Amen. They all work cohesively together with a divine purpose. Should we end there? I mean, that's a pretty good ending. It's <laughs> a pretty fucking good ending. Like that was not even scripted. That was just Ripka being a reflector. <laughs> yeah, let's end there. You, you look like you want to say something. I always want to say something. 
I don't know. No, I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. That's what I would want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there was anything I was going to say off of that, it's just that we're conditioned to perceive hierarchy. And I yes. think what you just mm. spoke to is like synarchy and it's, there is no one better type. And that's, mm-hmm. there's just like you need the sun and the moon and you need rain and you need land and you need oxygen, you need nitrogen, like everything has a purpose and they work together. Mm-hmm. And I think that you just spoke to that really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Hierarchy is dead. Fuck yeah. Synarchy, <laughs> synarchy and synergy is the new black, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think people also, like, they just want to feel special. Like, I know a lot of people who, like, yeah. you pull their chart and it, like, comes up as, like, a generator or something. And, like, they're immediately just, like... Like, my, my best friend was, like... She was, like, yeah, I mean, I looked into human design a little bit after you pulled my chart. But, to be honest, since I'm just, like, one of the masses, she, like, lost interest in it. Oh, I was like, oh, oh interesting. interesting. Yeah, because, like, it's, like... I find that, like, even, like, all three of my brothers that are generators and manifesting generators, they're all so different. Like, yeah. all the channels and right. their defined centers are totally. make them so unique. Yeah. And I think that's the point, is, like, yeah. it's, like, it's just because you're, like, 60% or whatever of the population doesn't mean that you're not, like, a unique individual, and that's the mm-hmm. whole point. Right, that <laughs> is design. the whole point. And that's, yeah. that, I mean, I cannot tell you how many charts I've seen. I've never seen a chart that is the same as another chart. Even yeah. when you have the same definition, yeah. mm-hmm. the channels could be different. Mm-hmm. The profiles, the lines are certainly going to be different, and that's not even touching substructure. So mm-hmm. it's, like, yeah, they're, like, everyone is unique. And the... The thing that, like, gets me off about human design is to look at a human design chart. Oh, I'm salivating. My feet are starting to sweat. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> the only person who knows that that happens to me is the woman who waxes my vulva. <laughs> well, now the, if now you listen to the, the podcast, everyone knows. Um, <laughs> that's a secret secret. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, is looking my at a chart and being like... <laughs> reflectors, man. <laughs> is looking at a chart and being like... This is a very unique fingerprint. It's mm-hmm. like a, a map of potentials. And mm-hmm. can you can you trust yourself enough to embody all of those potentials, whether they are like disturbing or disorienting or confusing or destructive. Destructive or they're peaceful and <laughs> grounding and calm and mm-hmm. like really illuminating. Yeah. Do you wanna keep giving us that? <laughs> I feel like you like this game. But yeah, that's that's that. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I think our ending should be, yeah, to thank our guests. Thank you. I love being here, and I loved being had. (laughs) (laughs) We loved the tomatoes you brought. The rest, I mean, it was like, the interview was like, okay, but like, tomatoes. No, Mm -hmm. I'm joking. (laughs) Actually, I think it was our best interview. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, we are going to be making some slight shifts in the content that you have access to from the podcast. We're going to be adding in a weekly transit podcast that will just filter right into this. So when we interview incredible humans and we talk about their design and their story, that's going to be the down the rabbit hole part of the portal podcast. And then we'll add in a weekly transit kind of update and look at those collective transits. That way you can get a taste of what you'll be experiencing in the Portal app, which is vigilantly and vigilantly getting creative 
right now <laughs> as we're talking. Is that the right word? It's not. Is it? Is it? I'm like, is it actually? Are we being vigilant? It depends what you mean. I, I guess. <laughs> we're being, I feel like we're being pretty vigilant. Yeah. yeah. We're like really in the details. I can we're feel like the vigilance out. We're writing down all these questions to ask. I our, just when you say vigilant, I, I I kind of like picture like vigilante. Yeah. Like and a then vigilante, I'm like going yeah, like be for vendetta, and then I'm yeah. like you know it's like a a isn't, rabbit hole. Isn't our perfect? Wait, isn't our archetype <laughs> the explorer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe it should be the vigilante. Yeah. Maybe so. That's a little aggressive. It's a little intense. Yeah. I don't know. We're, for people, yeah. I don't have any motors. I can't it's like keep up with that It's like become the vigilante shit. of your life yeah. or something. That's our know. new slogan. It's, like, <laughs> it's not. We're just... I hope you guys stopped listening like a minute ago. So. They didn't. They're still there. <laughs> I hope you didn't. They're still thinking about my sweaty feet. Yeah. Actually, you're going to say It's funny because... <laughs> are your feet sweating yet? <laughs> Rib was like, my feet are sweating. And then I was like, I think my feet are sweating. <laughs> are your feet sweating right now? No. Um, I don't know if you're turned on. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Mwah.